What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bag Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, think of Devo Bats. Devo Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable quality wooden bats. Hey podcast fam, it's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the top of the line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover. Baseballism is not your run-of-the-mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at baseballism.com baseballism built for the love of the game portland is a baseball town our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. Not Dave. And uh, you're, welcome back again, Dave. Glad to have you back for another episode with me. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. I'm we're back excited here. to pick things up. Yeah, exactly. We're back here this week, part two with Jake Valentine, University of Portland coach. Uh, like we said last episode, um, we finished off talking about um, his time at the University of Hawaii Pacific, uh, or Hawaii Pacific University, and uh, now getting a job with Stephen F. Austin State in uh, Texas. So, uh, so coach, you, you start there. Um, you know, we talked a little bit offline about uh, you know you infield coordinator, base running coach, uh, coach, and an assistant coach. Let, let, you know, we talked a little bit about that transition. What was that transition like from? Hawaii as a player to Stephen F. Austin as a coach? So I think, uh, you know, one, the, the culture aspect was a huge change going to a small town in deep east Texas, um, you know, where it's 30,000 people when school's in and 15,000 when school's out. So that was a big shock for me. And then, you know, the change going from a player to a coach um, was a big transition for me. But obviously, I was able to work with some really special players, um, and then work for some special coaches, you know, mm-hmm. former, former big leaguer, Johnny Cardenas was the head coach. So got to learn a lot under him. Um, and then, uh, you know, got to coach the likes of Hunter Dozier, who ended up being a first rounder and Bryson Miles, who I believe was like a fifth or a sixth rounder. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about Hunter and you, you talked about how, um, 
Well, we'll hear from you. What was he like, his, you know, freshman year? Because I, I had asked you, I was like, well, you know, when he came in, it, you know, was he nat- was a natural talent? Or was it just over a period of time of development? What, what was, well, uh, can you please reiterate what your response was on that? Yeah, so he was our, he was our worst player, um, his freshman fall. Um, not because there wasn't talent within him. Um, it was just, he was a baby giraffe. Um, you know, six foot five, 185 pounds, something like that, and just falling all over the place. I remember the first ground ball I hit him, he fell. Um, and so I was pretty concerned, um, that this, guy was our future but um you know just the consistency of how he worked and he wanted to be great man like i think Mm -hmm. that's that's the big thing when you have those special players um they make that change in their work ethic and it's it's the extra work but it's the consistency of the extra work you know he was there every single day early and late getting better and then he'd go crush the weight room and pretty soon his body just caught up um, and he became the special player um you know again like we talked about earlier but I didn't think he was going to be a first rounder, but, um, you know, he ended up developing into that, but I knew he was going to be special. I just, I just, you know, being a first round is pretty, pretty incredible. So, um, but he deserves it because such a great kid, such a great, Mm -hmm. such a respectful human. Um, you know, you see all the ad campaigns that the Kansas city Royals are doing using him and his family nonstop now. And, you know, they, they should, because he's, he's an incredible person. He's an incredible father. I know, you know, when he went first round, you know, I was the, one of the happiest human beings on the planet. You know what I mean? I was, I was tearing up. I was so happy for him. But when he invited me to his wedding and to be a part of that, that's, I mean, that's what it's all about, man. I cried like yeah. a little schoolboy when that happened because, you know, that's, that, that means you made an impact in that dude's life. And to be even, even a little bit of an impact on a guy that's that special, not just as an athlete, but as a human was, was a pretty, pretty incredible feeling. Talk about a little special. I mean, you you'd mentioned that when you when you were down there, Stephen out Austin, you know, you were making any money coaching at that point, and so you were having having to put on some, you know, additional clinics and stuff like that after um, after practice and so on. So, what was that? What was that experience like for you? I mean, was it? It had to be pretty trying considering you weren't getting paid anything. Yeah. So the the hard part with it is you're also in charge of the field in that position too. So I had to mow every single morning um, because otherwise it'd get too hot and the mower would overheat. So you'd have to do it in the morning. Um, And so, you know, early mornings and then, you know, practice and do everything that the coaching piece has. And then, um, you know, do five or six lessons every single night um, just to pay the rent. So it was definitely taxing um, on a physical and an emotional standpoint. I mean, my now wife had moved down there with me. Um, she, you know, she's from Canada. She didn't, she didn't know what, she didn't know what baseball was all about, especially not collegiate baseball. And, um, so when she saw the grind that we were going through, you know, there were some trying times for sure, yeah. but I think, uh, it also helped shape her being really, um, independent and mobile as our, as our coaching future, um, continued. Yeah. What was your, what was your biggest, uh, challenge transitioning from a coach from a player to a coach um it was definitely for me i think the over coaching part um you know just wanting to prove that i'm a good coach and to help them you know get get better and stuff like that as you know and i always talk about it like if you're 
trying to tell a kid how to swing or make corrections within their swing, every mm-hmm. swing, like nobody gets good that way. Like yeah. you got to be able to like sit back, let the, you know, so let the development happen. Early on, were you an overcoacher? Absolutely. Yeah. Like brutally. Yeah. Self-admit. Yeah. I know Jerry Gatto, uh, uh, you know, now he's you know, deceased, but you know, when we, we interviewed him, I know Dave, had brought this up, but um, and, and we we're talking offline. But Dave, can you can you bring up the oh the, the notion about? of individualizing and understanding the individual psyches and motivations of athletes, and not using the kind of traditional, I guess, archaic one size fits all approach to finding. And you had mentioned it offline too, Jake. Uh, what makes what makes a kid tick? What makes an athlete tick? Yeah. Um, Whereas, whereas coaching used to be viewed in terms of, you know, X's and O's, it's X's and O's. There's the psychology behind it has completely changed. Yeah, I think you know everybody, both not just not just in athletics as a player or coach or anything like that, but I think in the business world, and um, you can kind of draw parallels all over the place. But you know, everybody responds differently to different stimulus, and you know, if if a kid's not responding to you yelling at him, and you know, it's probably not going to work. Uh, yeah. so like learning how to, how to get to them and, uh, connect with them on, on a human basis or, you know, like a, a way that they believe you, they trust you, they understand why you're doing this. And, um, you know, I, it's, you just have to coach people different. Like Hunter was, you know, uh, a kid that, you know, you could be really hard on, um, you know, and you could really demand, 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 and he would, he would, you know, answer the bell every time and then there were other players that were you know incredibly uh Mm -hmm. gifted um you know i think i think bryson had like 50 stolen bases that year and like 99 Mm -hmm. hits um and you know i i did coach him completely different you know like yeah if he if he had a big mistake you know i'd have to pull him to the side and talk to him more like man to man um just be like hey man you're better than i you know and he'd be like i got you but you know if i was to sit there and holler at him on the field he wasn't going to play with that like that's not his that's not how he you know works best so we just yeah we just figured out you evolve yeah and you, you were pretty a big go-getter um there it's even at austin i mean you your teams in 2011 set the program record for stolen bases with 101 you also set the record in 2011 for most hits at 647 and in the following year, uh, you had the hot, what, a higher field, fielding percentage at 964. Um, I mean, were, were, were you like balls to the wall about like go, 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 go? Or was, was it like the whole coaching, the whole care, you know, they call it carousel, but the, the whole coaching team, was it all about like a certain, what was that mentality that you guys had going? Yeah, it was just, it was just a real aggressive mentality. I mean, you know, minus like Hunter. Um, a lot of the athletes that were in the starting lineup were JUCO transfers on, mm-hmm. on both those clubs. And so like, there was, there was already a kind of a grit to them. Um, right. so, and so we just, a grit kind of, chip. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I mean, if you went on that staff when we were there, I mean, up and down, the entire coaching staff was that same way. So it was like a perfect fit for the coaches. Like willing, willing to take risks and, yeah, and not really, like, not, not playing scared. So to no, speak. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Like would would love to to just go head to head with anybody. Like we were we're good with it, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna gamble from time to time. And um, sometimes we look dumb, but other times it's like 
they just stole like 14 bases in one game. Like, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, it was, it was just an aggressive mindset. Like, you know, we were, we were, we weren't ever going to get cheated, um, offensively. And when we we're on the bases, if you were over a one three, we were probably going to be safe. So it just was what it was, I guess. Fans probably like to watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> it was fan a, friendly baseball. It was, a, it was a really exciting brand of baseball for sure. So it's, uh, it's a lot, it's very similar to um, the offense that we have up here at Portland now. So it's mm-hmm. been fun. It's been fun. So you stayed there until 2012. Um, and then you took a, a next adventure at University of California, Riverside. Yep. So what, what, you go from Texas to California. <laughs> That's a yeah. little bit of a change. Yeah. So I went from deep east Texas to uh, Southern California. Um, yeah. And, I'll, I'll say this, it, it, the kids that I had at UC Riverside are probably some of the kids that I created, some of the closest relationships I've had. Um, you know, those Inland Empire kids, man, they're tough. Like, those are some tough kids. and mm-hmm. But they will work. Like, those dudes work. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And to be honest, like, I learned probably the most of any stop was at that place under um doug smith was the head coach at the time and you know he's a hall of famer in southern california um he that was his i think when he retired my last year there i think that was like his 40th year at uc riverside wow Wow. um both as a player as an assistant and as a head coach Uh, a lot of institutional knowledge right there man and just like you hit on the head like just having how to be a head coach you know what i mean like just all the ins and outs and how he handled stuff and man it was smooth but i think the biggest thing is just how he handled people and communicated and Mm -hmm. the thing that struck me was you know in the in the off season you know he had it's something like over 200 dudes drafted under him in those 40 years or something like that, like something absurd. And there's all these big leaguers and it's like a revolving door of these big leaguers coming in to talk to him in the off season. And not like, not even a word of baseball is spoken. Like it's all, they're all asking him about advice on life and like how to handle certain situations that they're dealing with and stuff. And I was just like, Holy cow. Like that's the impact I want to be like, that's, that's how I want to be in. You know, I think the thing that I try to carry on with me everywhere I've been since then is the saying that he, you know, he instilled in us. He 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 said, I don't I don't have any rules for you as coaches, right? My I have one rule that you have to abide by. After that, I hired you for a reason and you need to coach because I mm-hmm. think you're really good at what you do and I'm gonna let you coach. But the one rule you have is they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And as long yeah. as as long as you do that, you're gonna be golden. And wow. like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I was like, dude, that's the truest thing I've ever heard in it's, my entire life. That's the, that's the hugest coaching change in the last few decades and the most successful coaches. That's the kind of the common mantra right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that relationship piece, that understanding the psyche of, of teenagers and young people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they yeah. trust, like, it's just like any relationship, right? Like you're going to be more vulnerable and more willing to listen to people who have constructive criticism um to you if you trust mm-hmm. them and you yeah. and, and if you know it's mm-hmm. coming from a you know a righteous place so it's like yep. man yeah it he uh 
it was a sad day when he retired, man. I mean, I know he needed to with the knee replacements and everything that he'd been going through and all that. But like, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, he's a living legend, man. He was, he was incredible. The, it was, it was an awesome, awesome experience being able to work under him. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Uh, let me not guess, but let me ask, were you like a little giddy, like being able to work with somebody to his level of just, man, I just tried to scope it. every second of it. Like, and my, my desk was like kind of kitty corner to his office. And so, but he would, and I think he knew because I'm like that young coach, you know what I mean? He would leave his door open. And so like the conversations that he would have on the phone with like Gillespie mm. and Larry Lee and like, you know, all these hall of fame coaches and they're just breaking down everything every day on the phone. I mean, it, I, it was an institution of learning for me every single day. Like I was just trying to get better every single day. And, you know, he was so funny, man. He was, and I think that's where I learned, like, just having to be really, uh, consistent with, like, my routines, um, on, like, a personal level, um, as well as on a professional level. Like, that's where I learned him from. Like, his big thing was, you know, once a week, he was vacuuming and cleaning the toilets, like, in the entire, like, for the whole stadium. Because he just, like, hey, man, if, if I expect our guys to not be above anything, I gotta be not above anything. And he mm-hmm. just, he would just go about and do it. And then every day after practice, he'd shower. And I'd always ask him, like, why don't you just shower at home? He's like, man, I have a wife and two kids and I don't need to bring any stresses from the office home to them because I deserve, they deserve for me to be a better dad than a coach when I'm there. And so he would wash the day off every oh, single day. It's a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And it was just little things like that that you just pick up and you're just like, man, there's, there's a reason this dude just pumps out like special humans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that's where Andrew Checkett's at Santa Barbara cut his teeth was working for Doug. I know yeah. Nate Cho. Um, Checkett's is a West Link kid. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, all an Oregon State kid. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible the like lineage that have worked under Doug because he just awesome. And, and he's a ten of, and he's a really good golfer. Uh, <laughs> but that makes sense actually. Makes every sense. Monday, every Monday, he wouldn't let us come into the office. It was a forced off day every single Monday. We could not come into the office. He's like, if you have a family, you're going to be with your family. If they're out of town, then you better be at the golf course. But you're not stepping in the office. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was he was awesome. So. Wow. I, yeah, I don't know where to. In some ways, I don't know where to go from there because that that's that's a that's an amazing story within it within itself. Like you know, being able to to learn that and so. Let's let's talk about the co- let's talk about now your your coaching experience there specifically. And okay. So what was it like? So from going from Stephen F. Austin to UC um, Riverside, what what was it like? What did you bring into there? Like, okay, now I can build upon these building blocks that I have. Here's um, here's what I'm going to improve on. So going into this new this new job, what, what was you, what, what what was your gap assessment for yourself? So like for me for me what I what I I knew to like get to continue to climb the ladder as a as a coach right where I need to get better at certain things and like um, one of the the main piece was like just the organizational leadership um, and I knew that like being able to work under Doug was incredible right like he's he writes the book on how to communicate with people effectively. Um, and, and, but then on top of that, I, I need to recruit. Um, and it's the hotbed of college baseball, the inland mm-hmm. empire of Southern California. I mean, mm-hmm. you name 
a big league team, they have a dude from the Inland Empire on there. Like, it's the hotbed. And so I think a lot of the recruiting that I, that's where I cut my teeth recruiting, man. And, you know, especially in Southern California, it was tough, right? And um, so being able to, you know, go up against pretty much anyone you can imagine in that area and being able to hold on to some pretty special people while, while we were there, like locally too, was um, a really good um, growth for me as a coach. Cause I, that's the piece, right? Like you, the, the semantics are like the, the knowledge of the skill, like hitting or defense or base running. Like Doug had a certain style that he wanted, but when he wanted me to work with hitters or with infielders, like, I'd ask him, you know, because I was a young coach. I was like, hey, what do you want me to do? Is this what you're driving with? Like, what do you got? He's like, no, no, no. Like, you're in charge of the infielders. Coach the infielders. Like, I hired you because you're you're good. Just coach the infielders. So it wasn't like I learned kind of on the fly, like, okay, this is what I need to get better at to make them more consistent. Um and but yeah, it was it was it was awesome because he really allowed you to coach and allowed you to grow because he'd communicate with you every Monday like over the phone or mm-hmm. you know, Tuesday in the office like hey we need to get better in this area or this area but it was never like a challenging issue like he was never over your shoulder like trying to coach it was just like hey I, I think we can get better at this and then he'd let you figure that problem out like okay I got to figure out how to create a drill to make him better at that. Like, it's not, it's just, it was really cool. It helped you grow as a coach. It wasn't, um, yeah. So I guess, you know, to answer your question being really long winded in this answer, but is, you know, there was a lot of gaps that I think I, I needed to fill in and just being able to use Doug and use Bobby Applegate and use Bryson LeBlanc at UC Riverside to take a little bit of everything from them to help polish up what I was good at and then also get better at what I wasn't good at. Mm-hmm. Well, what you was this your first experience like going out and recruiting at Riverside? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now you clearly had some growing pains, but I want to know what was that first experience of like go you know going and actually visiting like a student athlete and you know did you have a little bit of you know some butterflies in your stomach like man I don't really want to screw this up yeah yeah absolutely so it's it's funny you bring that up because there's a my first recruiting experience is probably a little bit different than most people's. Um, I went and was recruiting uh, a kid by the last name of Becker, who's now um, in, um, I think he's in double A AA or triple A, but he ended up um, not going to college. But um, I show up to this high school in Southern California in the middle of nowhere. Um, kind of, I think it's like, maybe upland area but anyways it was small school and um i walk in and i you know it's like three o'clock in the afternoon on like a wednesday like i'm not expecting anybody jay ullman from university of oregon at that time was there you know that's that was like i think that was either the year or the year before they won like 42 games or something like that you know so they're kind of the hot name and kind of rolling a little bit Mm -hmm. and I walked in, I didn't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Doug's like, hey, you need to go watch this kid. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know, like, and so I, I go and, you know, I got, I got the, you know, the standard coaching attire when you, when you first start coaching that everybody rocks, you know, the school polo, the, the nice golf shorts, you know, making sure everybody knows who you're coaching for and all. 
all that. Mm -hmm. And so I roll in probably just looking like the biggest noob ever. Um, <laughs> rolling up there and, uh, Jailman's there and I sit down and I'm just like taking notes on the kid. And, um, obviously, you know, I, I, I liked certain things in a swing, certain things I, um, didn't like on the defensive side, but I'm like writing down notes and stuff like that. And finally I just, there was like a break there, like a water break or something. So there was a break in time and I just kind of was standing there and Jay Ullman actually went out of his way to come up to me, introduce himself, talk to me. And then it just kind of evolved into he was telling me what he looks at when he's evaluating the kid, what his process is as a recruiter, like completely went um, a 360 of what I thought it was going to be. Right. Like mm -hmm. he he went out of his way to make me feel like I was treated right. Like I belonged there, like all this stuff. And like to this day, I'll never I'll never forget that. Like. Um, you know, Jay's a really good man and I'll, I'll always appreciate that. And I, I know going back and talking to Doug about it, like when he was an assistant, just learning to recruit, he said the exact same thing about coach Gillespie and George Horton. You know, he's like, those guys went out of their way to not big league me. He's like, Augie Greedo, same thing. And I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that, man. Like people who mm -hmm. are really good at what they do and they understand that they don't have to be you know, too big for the game. Um, those are the guys that stick and have really long careers. And so, you know, it's, it was, it was a very striking moment for me. Cause now that I'm like, you know, in it every single day, I'm like, dude, that's hard to do to like really remove yourself from like working to go over and help a young coach through what he's doing. So he definitely like made an effort to do what he did. And I'm forever appreciative of that. Yeah. Well, we could continue going on about UC Riverside, but you ended up uh, moving on to Santa Clara, correct? Yeah, so Doug retired, so yeah, I had to move on. Yeah, so you were an assistant coach. Uh, you also were an infield coordinator, first base coach, and assistant hitting coach there. Um, in, am I correct in you having worked with Jose Viscano over there? Yeah, Jose Viscano Jr., yeah. Yep. yep. He was a, ended up being with a seventh-round selection with the Giants. Yep. I was, I was lucky. Uh, so every shortstop I've, uh, worked with has been a top 10 rounder. That's cool. So, yeah. It's, I've, I've been really lucky with the people we've been able to recruit and develop. So mm -hmm. Jose, Jose was a special one, man. He's a, he's a character first off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like he is a, he's a very, he's one of those kids that's just really talented at everything he tries. Um, I mean, he has like an incredible singing voice. He can crush the guitar. He hits a golf ball like 400 yards. I hate people. Like, like he that. can surf. Like he's, you know, he's just that guy. He's Sounds just... like everything Dave's not. Right. <laughs> I'm out of here. He's a he's a real lovable dude too. Like has a really good persona about him, and just it, it, he was a really fun kid to coach too, though, because you know it, it challenged me a little bit about like, hey man, how am I gonna coach this like big time big leaguer son on infield like you know what i mean like i'm sure that everything i'm saying this dude's been told before yeah. uh, and it was actually kind of nerve-wracking like the i think it was like the fourth week i was there or whatever we were doing some um individual work like groups of four players or whatever that they used to have the rule for um small groups um but we're doing a bunch of infield play and Jose's dad showed up because it was the off season. Cool. And, uh, you know, I think he was like the 
assistant GM for the Dodgers at the time or whatever. And, um, you know, so I get done doing all the infield stuff and I just walk up there, you know, I'm just like, Hey, Mr. Voice County. And he's like, Hey, and I was like, can I pick your brain on infield a little bit? And we sat there and broke down infield for like two hours. And, um, mm-hmm. everything that he was saying was just a new way of saying a lot of stuff I was saying. So it really made me feel better about what I was, the message I was delivering to Jose. Um, and then, you know, having Jose be the type of kid he is, like, he didn't big league anybody. Like, I probably said some stuff that he already knew and he just acted like it was the first time he ever heard him and said, yes, coach, and did it. And so it was fun. I mean, we had a lot of, we had a lot of talent on that team. We had a lot of guys drafted. And, um, I was able to work with two assistants that are still to this day some of my closer friends. Um, Keith Beauregard, who's now, um, like, the swing doctor for the Dodgers, um, and then Gabe Rebus, who's a, I believe, is the roving pitching coordinator for the Dodgers as well. Um, so they're they're both um, doing really well. And our is it interesting because our all of our uh, wives were similar in age, which usually never happens on a coaching staff. Like it's there's a lot of age dis- discrepancy. Yeah, so we were able to hang out a lot. The wives actually became really close, and so it was it was a really cool experience. That place is really expensive to live. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. we found a steal, and it was like a six hundred square foot apartment um, for my wife and my dog and I, and it was three grand a month, and that was a steal. The dog took up about three quarters of it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a big old lab too, so he was like, oh, I don't know about this dad, but yeah. yeah. Uh, it was good. So a job comes open at the the University of Portland. Um, how did how did you hear about that, and what what you know what was your initial interest in it? So I was, um, you know, I was kind of eyeing that job for a long time just because I thought it was kind of a sleeping giant uh, mm-hmm. within the WCC, and you know, being right across the river and having played at Joachim Stadium like a thousand times growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't want to go back and um, you know, bring a program back from the ground up and um, do it in your hometown. So I was all about it. But, you know, there's a lot of semantics to go into, um, you know, those coaching job searches and stuff like that. And, um, you know, luckily when Loomis was, you know, doing the the hiring piece and he was looking for a, a young uh, recruiter, uh, Coach Pat Bailey from Oregon State and Donald Fergus from University of Washington, um, both guys that he asked or he had talked to him, both of them gave um, him my name. Uh, cool. And so that's how I got the interview. I think it was like the seventh dude interviewed. Um, so, um, but I, I mean, I told Coach Loomis on the phone, um, you know, felt pretty confident as long as I was able to get into his office that I'd be the one he wanted to settle on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just went up there with myself, wore a power suit, like powder <laughs> blue, purple tie, like, you know, just tried to crush it as much as I could. And, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And uh, me and coach Lomas are, um, we work really, really well together. Um, you know, I think, I think we're pretty different people, but we're also similar on the uh, baseball side. Um, so I think we, um, complement each other really well. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think it's a, it's a pretty, it's been a really good marriage so far. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Cause, uh, you guys have taken off over the last few years and, I, I think you're still on that, uh, you know, going upwards. Yeah. Trajectory. 
Yeah, we're you know we were really disappointed that the season got canceled this year, just because I thought um, we were going to make some serious noise um, this year. Um, serious noise, Jake Holcroft was killing it this year. I mean, yeah, he's killing it like every time, and you guys, I mean, putting up like tons and tons of runs. How does I mean, the repeat eligibility thing affect you guys? You know, is anyone coming back, or is it even an issue? Um, you know, for us, it. We're still waiting to hear back from our university on like, cause it's up to the university if they're going to fund the scholarships for the returning seniors, stuff like uh-huh. that. So we're still waiting to hear on that. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would assume, um, it would be a go, but, uh, yeah, for, for us, we're, and we're really, um, we recruit to like our 35 man roster and that we just develop from there. So it really doesn't affect us as much. Gotcha. Maybe some okay. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited for the guys. You know what I mean? Like, to be completely gutted like we were this year, just, you know, really hitting our stride and like, um, taking, you know, taking the, the team to a whole nother level and then all of a sudden just getting it pulled out from under them. You know, everyone's pretty gutted, but at least the, the NCAA doing the right thing on the, yeah. on the back end is, you know, cause I'm, I'm just as critical as anybody on the NCAA for some of the stuff that, that, they've ruled on and have happened, but you know, they got this one right. So they deserve, they deserve all the props they can get. So I remember uh, sitting, uh, sitting down in, in Phoenix uh, with my buddy, Kate Budnick and we were kind of, so he's, he's keeping track of the game as we're watching the Brewers. uh, I think the Brewers are playing the Reds that day. And so him and I caught a game together. And so it tastes like, it hits me in the show. You see the game? I'm like, well, he's like, was like working. He's like the court, the UP game. I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, they're killing it right now. He's like showing me. I'm like, oh my god. So we were like, we, I think we spent more time looking at our phones than we were actually like <laughs> watching the game in front of us. Yeah, I mean, you know the the stuff that we're being able to do right now in the program, it it all comes from the Tates and the Coopers. You know the the guys that came before that really laid the you know the foundation for the guys to come. You know we had to. We came in trying to change a culture and have it go a certain way. And, you know, this was the first year since we've been here of having all of our recruits. It was the first year. Um, That's cool. And so it was, it was awesome. And, um, but it all comes from those guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Bo Brundages, the, you know, the guys that took a chance on us early on, um, as, as coaches when maybe the wins losses and that type of stuff weren't the most attractive. The guys were getting a lot of offers probably. Yeah. I, I mean, and That's, they're coming, they're coming to us and, you know, that, man, I, you know, I love those guys and I always will. I mean, Uncle Tate, man, he came over right when my, uh, my whole five month was born and got to hold them and hang out. I mean, you know, it's, it's a close relationship we've been able to create with those guys because, you know, that I think a lot of people in the recruiting world try to use that pitch that, you know, we, it's a family. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it gets overused a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we, we live it, man. And, you know, that's, that's the piece that I, I'm been so appreciative with Cooper and Tate and Bo. I mean, Bo still watches my dog from time to time. And that, dude, that dude's going to be a, you know, a stud with the Rays, but like he's humble enough to realize that, you know, he's, he's part of my family for, you know, the rest of his life. So it's yeah. been a, it's been a, it's been a, the first three years, man, were first two, two and a half, three years were tough. Like it was mm-hmm. tough. And you know we still got a long ways to go, but you know it's it's been nice for those guys to get rewarded for what they've put in to actually start seeing some of the results now. Yeah, and, and I mean I've I've met you know Cooper and you know I met Tate individually, 
Um, but I mean, just really, really like nice, nice guys. Like overall, I mean, you couldn't ask like for better people. And you know, I'm getting to hang out with both of them, and you know, I text them from net time and you know time again, and just you know, they're willing to take a few minutes to. You know, shoot it with me, and oh, yeah. you know, I just check in, make you know, I've been checking in on Tate, making sure you know things are okay with him, and you know, the same with Cooper, and making sure that they're you know they're doing okay with this hiatus right now with I know. baseball. Oh, yeah, the uh, you know Cooper's engaged now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh fun fact for you, I actually coached uh Tate's brother at Santa Clara too. Ryan oh Martin. really? Yeah, so I got oh, to wow. coach. I got to coach all the Budniks. All right, so so fill us in on the the the, the, the dirty here, you know, like <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it, it, tell it, us about the Budniks. What's funny about the Budniks is the brothers are completely different. Um, like, but it's funny because they have kind of a similar humor. Like Tate's more in your face with his like jokes and funny and stuff, and Ryan Ryan's a little bit more laid back, quiet. Um. Ryan was the offensive one. Tate was the pitcher and just hand cannon of a catcher. But he also was the clutchest hitter for us. Like whenever we needed like a walk off, I think he had like four home runs. Um, and all of them were like walk offs or mm. home runs. And, but yeah, they're, they're, they're an interesting because they like complement each other really well. Like Tate's all, all talking and then, you know, Ryan's like sitting back there all big and buff and, um, <laughs> kind of stoic and then, um, you know, and the, it, it's just an interesting combination, but they're, they're awesome people. And Mrs. Budnick and Mr. Budnick, like literally two of the best human beings on the planet. Like mm-hmm. dad coaches high school baseball. Mom is just the biggest sweetheart ever. Like it's, you couldn't draw it up any better. Yeah. We, I was, I would put a little video that I posted that I found on YouTube the other day and it was a tape hitting a two, like a two run homer to win the game. Yeah. Or, walk up against St. Mary's. Yes, I, I reposted that the other day, and then I put hashtag let Tate hit or something <laughs> like that. Green light. Yeah. Green light. I was well, like, we said the green light, that dude would take to get to two strikes, like, nonstop, man. Oh, jeez. But then he yeah. would, every time it was like a 3-1 or a 3-2 pitch that he hit for a walk. It's just like, man, I don't know, like, where, where I don't know why they come when they do, but I'm just happier with us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like they're good guys. Um, you know, and and Cooper on the other hand, you know, I mean, he was there for like three years at University of Portland, and we only had him for uh, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but you know, he's he's there, uh, you know, playing and again also in the Brewer system. Yeah. Um, and so I got to see him a little bit while I was down in uh, Phoenix. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of really hoping for him and, you know, watching him, looking, hoping that, he, you know, he make it up to that triple A level, um, up this year. And he did really, really well last year with the, uh, the Shockers. Yeah, if he um, would just get off to a better start, he'd be, he'd be on the 40, man. He finishes better than anybody. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his OPS is off the charts. I really thought this was going to, oh, that, he's one of the guys in regards to pro ball I was most disappointed for just because I thought he had a chance to really improve his stock and, potentially be a 40-man guy here pretty quick just because I saw the work he did in the offseason when he came back and hit with me and stuff like that and this is I mean as polished as I've seen Cooper like you know when he would come back and work there'd still be a little bit of things he was still kind of working on before he mm-hmm. left right and but this time he had got his swing to a point where it was just grooved from both sides it was mm-hmm. the flattest I'd ever seen him on the right side yeah. I thought it was going to be a big time year for him so and talk about it 
Talk about a character, man. Cooper's Cooper's a character. I love that kid. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's he's a really I mean he's a pleasant guy a uh, very calm uh at least presentation you know yeah. like, you know very calm very humble yeah um about it and we're uh, we're working with our sponsor Devo Bats to you know create a specific bat just for him uh, we get we'll figure out a couple names but we are gonna get try to get him a get him a specific bat uh, for him the awesome. Cooper Scooper yeah <laughs> that'd be, that'd yeah be great. Uh, we'll so, never, if he if that happens, we'll never hear the end of it. So yeah, it'll be it'll be really good. He, um, but I mean, let me just get back some some quick statistics. Cause I'm I'm a statistic guy. I like throwing out some stuff there. Um, but you know, you uh, University of Portland um set, has also set some all time records in home runs and hit by pitches for his season. Um, he had 52 home runs in 52 games. Uh, seventy hit by pitches. Which wow! I mean, were you guys? I mean, let me ask you this. Okay, you probably watched a lot of major league. Were you guys like go out and take one like Dorn? <laughs> no, no. Honestly, if you look at uh, if you look at like um, Stephen F. Austin and uh, UC Riverside, we always we always were up there um, and hit by pitches as well. Just because, mm-hmm. um, man, we we just we just weren't moving. We yeah. weren't we weren't leaning in any pitches, but we weren't we weren't gonna give ground. So that's a lot of those hit, man, I swear to God, Cody Hawkins when we had those seventy hit by pitches at Portland, I think Cody Hawkins got hit like twenty seven times. <laughs> um <laughs> and I think I think probably twenty of them were backed up sliders, you know, that just got him. So it, no, it, there was definitely no like design, hey, go up there and get hit or anything. Mm-hmm. It just I think a lot of it honestly was the home runs that we hit, people didn't want us to get extended, so they were trying to beat us in. Um, and so they would just miss and hit us. Yeah. And then last year, you guys had a good season. You had 94 doubles, 265 RBIs, both are 10th all time on program history. The hell of a defeat there. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, it was, it was interesting. You, you try to, you try to develop an offense that best fits your personnel for that year, right? And, Mm-hmm. Um, that year, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of speed, um, but we had a lot of fun. Um, and so that's what we played, man. We tried to hit as many doubles and home runs as we could and, you know, steal base here and there. Um, when we could, I think we still had like 50 something stolen bases, which, you know, is upper echelon for our conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it definitely wasn't as, um, as uh, aggressive as an offense as maybe we'd have in the past. It was more just, uh, you know, big bop, big yeah. power. Like this year was really fun because we could really, really run and and we had That's that juice. Cool. So um, I think we had 27 home runs through 16 games this year. So we were on pace to have a yeah. pretty big year in regards to home runs. So Yes. There. So, Coach, before we let you go, um, I want to jump into a different side here and, and talk a little professional baseball with you. Sweet. More specifically, let's talk about MLB to PDX and, uh, and the push please. to the Portland Diamond Project. Let's 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 talk about that. What, what is, clearly, this has got to excite you, like to no end. Absolutely. Like, I mean, not just not just the fact that it'd be a pro team in Portland, but like, like the culture in Portland needs a, a baseball team. Like it is, you know, people always talk about it's a soccer town and stuff like that, and I and I don't disagree. Like. It's a huge soccer dump, but that's only because we haven't had baseball. 
Yeah. Um, there's so many baseball fans in the area that would flock to it. And I think, you know, it, it would, I, I just look at all the different partnerships that all the, that the MLB could do with all the different youth teams and all the different, um, college teams and high school teams and all the benefits it could have throughout the entire community that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think kind of go overlooked because they're looking at like big picture, but man, it, it would be, it'd be, a, a pretty awesome experience to be able to cruise down and check out a game and, you know, selfishly, like, you know, when our, when our players are getting called up to the big leagues, being able to cruise down there and check them out, I mean, it'd, it'd be awesome. So, yeah. So if you could, if you could take any player either currently or in the past and just and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build my team around you. Who would it be? Like from the past? It past or current? Man, be pretty hard to like that I coached or that is in the just anybody, anybody. Just anybody. King Griffey Jr. Hundred percent the kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No yeah. hesitation. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Kid, I mean, in his prime, like smooth with the lefty swing, climbing up walls, doing everything. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get better than the kid. So mm-hmm. what's nice. sad is what's sad is most kid, most kids don't even know who he is now. Like we're, we yeah, had, I was trying to tell my son about him, you know. God, we had a we had a camp this summer, like a high school camp, and all these kids are coming up, and I'm like, "Who's your guys' favorite?" Like, you know, guys have like Mariners stuff on and stuff. I'm like, "Who's your favorite Mariners?" And they're all saying all you guys and stuff, and I'm like, "Not one of you guys is gonna say Ken Griffey Jr." And I I swear they were like, "Who?" And I was like, "Turn around real quick." You that's see a that, crime. You see that swing man that's on your pant? That's him. Like the dude you're wearing. That guy. Yeah, a logo. Like, yeah, that's like the new Nike pan. They all have the, the Griffey follow-through on it. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Come on, you guys got to know who King Griffey is. But. So, if you could, money aside, no, let, let's throw that aside. Where you, where would you sit opening day at uh, in Portland? Uh, behind home plate, if, if I could figure it out. Like, either, you know, Directly behind home plate? Either directly behind home plate or directly... Uh, like right to the to the end of the outside of the dugout. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah, just because I, I I really enjoy the the interactions that happen within the game with the players and everything as well. I think that's a really interesting part of the game as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, have you have you got caught up in this whole naming of the team ordeal? Like, I, is there I something that stands out to you? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't even heard where, where they where are they throwing out right now. Uh, you know, there's 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 a few like uh, the, the Portland Mavericks, the old like the old A ball team that that used to be there back in the day. Some throwing Rose out like the Beavers, the Rosebuds, um, just several different names. I mean, I don't think that they've really kind of come to a conclusion on what 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 one would be, but there's there's a few out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised they haven't like played a little bit more on like Oregon's past or something like that. You know, in regards to like Portland Pioneers. Yeah, something like that, or mm-hmm. the who knows? Yeah, the loggers, or I don't know. Yeah, like that. But yeah, Maybe. well, it'll be it'll be great. We'll have to uh, we'll have to catch a game uh, once the uh, MLB the PDX Absolutely. comes here. It'll be be really really fun. Um, but hey, coach, you know, really really do appreciate you know you've taken a lot of time to to yeah, spend with us to, to talk some baseball to talk about you know your past and. It was great getting to know that 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 side of you. So we really, really, really appreciate appreciate that a lot. 
Well, I, I really appreciate your guys' time. And like I said in the, la- in the last uh, session, but like the, what you guys are doing for Northwest baseball, man, it's, it's awesome. Like when you're, when you're show, you're putting a spotlight on some of these awesome stories that are happening within the Northwest. I mean, that's, that's what the Northwest needs more of. And I think you guys are doing an incredible job of it. And I'm really appreciative to be able to be a part of it. So uh, uh, from, from, you know, bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it for taking your guys' time as well. So thank you. Keep yeah, doing big things. University of Portland. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I can again, I'm, I was really, really bummed because I was really looking forward to taking my children out to watch pilots. a couple of games this year and, and seeing the pilots play because I, I was really, really excited about the year coming in, you know, the year too. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, the, I guess the, the only blessing is, um, you know, hopefully we get a majority of those guys back. Hopefully we don't get touched up too hard in the draft. And, um, you know, we'll be in a brand new stadium next year. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, that part, that part will be really, really sweet. So, um, I know, I know our guys are chomping at the bit, man. They, they've been wearing me out. So, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're working hard and that, you know, cause it, they've been through the, the hard times and the, and now they're getting to experience the good times and they just want to keep rolling with it. So, yeah. We gotta well, actually, get you guys, gotta get you guys out to the game, and then we gotta get you guys some uh, Portland swag as well. Oh yeah, well, I love swag. Yeah, yeah I love hats. I'll replace this. That's fine. <laughs> okay. yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I, cool. I love hats. I'm a hat guy. This guy is a hat guy. Yeah, we got some good ones. So <laughs> yeah, you do. So well, that'll do it for this episode of the Dimes and Roses podcast. Um, I'm I'm glad you do join us for this ride, and really appreciate you uh, you out there taking the time to listen in to us. And uh, we're going to bring you quality content each and every week. So you take care wherever you're at. Have yourself a great day. And peace out.